Hi, today we're going to try something new on the Feminization Boudoir podcast. Through the miracle of Skype, I am going to try to conduct an interview with one of our great uh, narrators. In fact, she's the person who's narrating tonight's uh, story, Shayla Aspasia or Aspasia. I never can get that right. Which is it? It is Shayla Aspasia. Aspasia. Okay. I will stop going back and forth and stick with Aspasia. That's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome for your very first uh, guest, technically. Well, thank you. I'm I'm happy to be here. Excited to be here. Great. I I really loved. You've done several stories for us that I've I've really totally loved. Uh, after the ordeal, which I think was actually an ordeal for both of us, because I forgot my stories used to be considerably longer, and that one was about twice the length of, of most of these stories. Um, but what I've really enjoyed is your read on my College Changes a Guy series. I I liked both of them. And yes, I agree. The ordeal wasn't a do- an ordeal, but it's a, I had a fabulous time doing it. But I like the college. And I've already told you why. It made me laugh my ass off. I mean, I... I don't know how much how much time I spent editing out my laughter. It was it was a blast. I loved it. From when they teased you about your small size to when you forgot your keys and the march back and forth and just imagining you physically doing that. And then your encounter with Brett, I I mean, I had to stop the recording for a good five minutes because it just I couldn't stop laughing. I had to compose myself before I could go on. It was the best. So yeah. I, I, there were certain things that worked out really well in the girl's favor. One of those, the meeting with Brett, what happened there is I uh, had met him only for about five minutes. He came in, he dropped off his stuff, he went looking for his friends to drink. He was a, a year ahead of me, so he actually had some friends at school. And so um, we talked for five minutes, and then the next time he sees me, I'm dressed head to toe as Kylie. Um, so I, I, I did not, I was in no way passable at that point, although it wasn't bad looking, but <laughs> it wasn't the fact that he thought I was a woman. It's just like, who is this person dressed like this at my door and what do they want? I think if I had knocked on the door in the middle of the night in male clothing, I, I don't know that he would recognize me then either. <laughs> Oh yes, it it had to be something. I can picture it. Yeah, and I, I mean, it, it, and even I have to admit, there there's a lot of humor in, in in that particular book and in this series. Um, I'm actually just about finished with the fourth book in the series tonight. Uh, I've published so far three of them, and you have recorded one as we're doing this recording. But we're playing the second one tonight. I won't ask you too many questions about it, as you're you're still in the middle of even reading it for the first time. But you asked me earlier about Brett, and, and I, in that book I said that it kind of blew up in my face. And that's one of the first things that you're going to find out about in the second book. Yeah, it's I. It was a cliffhanger for me. I can't find it. I can't wait to find out what happens. Okay. 
And so we first met, you and I, or CyberMet, um, I think when you were just signing up uh, as a phone sex operator on Nightflirt. That's true. I had started um, doing some writing and some profile, making like backgrounds and stuff with HTML um, for flirts. And you were one of my first um, clients. Yes. And and it was great working with you. Uh, I was working with you at the same time I was working with a flirt. I, I hope this doesn't kill this professional name, whose name was Tiffany Stiletto. And I didn't know what to do with it, so I actually went for kind of like the 70s Switchblade sister kind of movie poster thing. Um, she still owes me $200, so if you're out there listening, Tiffany, I would really, I would really appreciate it. Um, and you were so nice, you paid promptly, and, and were very easy to work with. Um, and then we didn't talk for about three years or so. And then I think probably through Amberly mm-hmm. um, and just seeing each other on Twitter, we kind of reconnected. Yes, yes. It, I'm glad we reconnected because I'm having a lot of fun with this. However, you know, why didn't you call me? I mean, I, I know that my, my phone sex skills when I started were not so great. I'm awesome now. Why didn't you call me? I would have loved to have played. Well, here's the thing. You you know my background, and I, I, I don't think I'm going to surprise anybody listening now to say, I like feminization. Mm-hmm. I like female domination. The first 40 or so episodes of this podcast should be a hint. Um, <laughs> but when it came to you and me, you were doing submissive at the time. You had a couple of... Of uh, maybe spoil me with Findom, uh, but you had no femdom listing or anything like that. So I, I had, I was clueless. I had no idea that you had a another side to you. I know, I know. Well, some at some point we're going to have to play. At some point, I, I think I would enjoy that, or I think you will at least. No, I think I will too. Um, you will. <laughs> <laughs> I have such a complicated relationship with my fetish. I'll be the first to admit it. I love it, and I and I love the parts I don't love, and that makes no sense to me, but it's what it is. Um, so I think I said I was just going to interview for you for three or four minutes, and I'm looking at the timer, and we're just about to hit seven. So hopefully this isn't going to be too long for anybody's taste. I promise you that the audio is going to be so worth it, and I, and I hope you're enjoying this conversation. The last little uh, question I had for you, um, we link always uh, on every podcast, we link to my, um, my clip store, especially Clips for Sale. My, you know, the podcast shows are generally 20 to 30 minutes out of an hour-long audio recording. So you're not getting all of it, and you're definitely not getting the best bits. Um, the one exception being the first story of um, the first story of College Changes a Guy. What um, I, I link to your um, your stuff as well. What are, are people going to find if they go to your website? Um, well, as as you mentioned, um, I do a lot of feminization now. I have task, I have test, I have some hot MP3s. Um, you know, 
for sissies. I also have a lot for cuckolds. That is my second favorite thing to do. And I also do a lot of small penis humiliation and financial domination. Perfect. So I, I, I've said this before. Um, small penis humiliation, cuckolding are not the types of things that I make my stories. You know, it's not like, I'm, hey, I'm going to write a small penis humiliation story. But um, you, there's definitely a lot of it. It just it goes naturally with feminization. Um, plus, I, I, I don't know if you're really hung. I don't know if you want to wear a really tight pair of panties anyway. Um, <laughs> I, I, I had enough. I had a, I had a big enough version of thongs myself. I uh, I, I don't know. Um, but so yeah, kind of it's kind of connected. And so I think a lot of my people who listen to this podcast, I think, would probably like a lot of your stuff both feminization and otherwise. Well, thank you. Thank you for the mention. You're welcome. And thank you for uh, appearing on here. Like I said, you're our very first interview. I think three or four minutes is a totally unreasonable goal, but I think we can, we can do, we can do these in about seven or eight. I think uh, you're, you're hopefully not my last. And I also hope we'll, we'll have you back again sometime soon as well. I would like that. All right. Well, thank you. That's Shayla Aspasia, not Aspasia. And uh, she's coming up next with uh, book two of uh, College Changes a Guy. I was going to go right into this week's audio clip right after the interview with Shayla, but I realized it needed just a little bit of setup. Um, Following the events of book one, the girls had one more plan to really tighten the screws to me. Um, they got some amazing blackmail, and they did this, um, by basically breaking into my room, hog-tying me on the bed, and then going to work on my computer and getting the email addresses and everything like that. This story starts with me hog-tied on the bed, and I explain how I later learned it happened, and then everything else should make sense from there. So, without further ado, here is uh, College Changes a Guy, book two. When walking to class, Brett took the most direct route to the Liberal Arts Building, which took him out the side door and right past Amanda's room. She saw him walking by and called out to him, Hey, wait, are you going to class? Yeah, I have sociology at three o'clock. Could you do me a favor? I could try. Could you loan me your key? Are you going to do something mean to my roommate? Could be. If you promise to tell me all about it, and that he won't find out it was me, I'll do it. You got it. Not only did my roommate sell me out for the juicy details, which is how they got into my room, but when he got back from class and came looking for his key, Amanda was so happy with how everything went that she took him to Steak and Shake to celebrate, where she told him everything they had done to me. Of course, this delayed my inevitable release by over an hour. Flopping around on my bed, I found my bonds very secure. Clearly, Amanda knew how to tie a guy up. I couldn't help but stare at my pictures while all sorts of questions raced through my mind. Did I really look like a girl? Why did they decide to do this to me? How could I ever stop anybody from seeing these pictures? 
and what would happen if they did? Finally, my roommate returned and saw me hogtied on my bed. He did an Oscar-worthy performance that I took at face value, not knowing then what I know now. Oh my God, what happened to you? Mm-hmm, I screamed into my gag. Brett rushed over and tried to untie me, but eventually had to grab scissors to cut me loose. Once the gag was removed, I could finally explain. Thanks, it was those girls again. I don't know how they picked the lock. Are you sure you locked it? I think so. Well, when I went to class, maybe I didn't close the door all the way. Though, I'd hate to think it was my fault. No, it's, it's okay. Did they make you wear a dress again? No, they did worse. They got all my contact information. If they want to send out my pictures, they could absolutely ruin me. Wow, you better be very careful not to piss them off. Why don't you go to administration? I want to keep this quiet. If I go to administration, this is going to get around the whole campus. People already saw me in a dress. I don't want this getting any bigger. I figure they'll get bored soon enough, but I just have to avoid them until then. I don't know, man. If they're coming into your own dorm room to mess with you, these girls sound pretty insistent. Yeah, I know. They can't keep doing this, though, can they? Probably not, said Brett. I guess waiting them out could work. Later that evening, Brett was out and my phone rang. I picked it up to find my dad on the other end. Now, before going any further... I should point out that I was partially in this farce because of the outdated and nonsensical views on women that I had inherited from my father. As his, own, as his only son, it was particularly important to him that I grow up to be an alpha male, just as he was. Obviously, I had some recent setbacks in living up to that ideal. Hello, I said, picking up the landline. Hi, Stephen. I trust you're having a great time at college, but we need to have a little talk. I saw the credit card bill. Oh. Yes, a rather big O. Look, I'm not going to chew you out. I'm excited that you met a girl at college already. If you meet a girl and want to buy her a gift, you can put 50 or $60 on the card, and I'll gladly pay. You just spent over $200, though, on your first week at college. And we just can't have that. I'm sorry, Dad. It won't happen again. Good. So tell me about her. Who? The girl that's worth so much money. What's she like? Oh, her. I began stalling. Yeah, her. The girl I just spent $200 on. I deserve to know more about my investment. She's, she's great. She has blonde hair and green eyes. She has a really strong personality. What the? I was describing Amanda. I like blondes, too. Mom's a brunette. Yeah, but she has other qualities I like. Just don't limit yourself to the first girl you meet. You don't want her tying you down. Yeah, I will, Dad. Thanks for being cool about the credit card. I, it won't happen again. See that it doesn't. Have fun, son. Bye, Dad. 
I felt like I just dodged a bullet. But why on earth did I start describing Amanda to my dad? What if he wanted to meet her? I put all those annoying thoughts out of my mind and went down to the back lounge to relax. Even outside of the panties, college had taken some getting used to. Merwick Hall was a different kind of place. I was drawn to it because it was co-ed, but it sort of had a reputation as being for weirdos. I don't think it applied to us freshmen as much as the people who stayed there for four years and dated exclusively other people from the dorm. I felt like we were sort of a suburb from the school, and some suburban people avoided going into the big bad city. Hanging out in the back lounge, I had even made a couple of friends in Bill and Duane. The two of them were complete opposites. Bill was a bit pudgy, if not outright overweight. He was gregarious, but with a bit of a nerdy sense of humor. Duane was even smaller than I was, and he had long blonde hair that looked like I wanted my hair to look. Despite being only five foot five, he had no trouble with women. Bill and I admired this quality greatly in him and hoped it would rub off on us, but with little luck. We were sitting on the couch watching television when Deanna entered the back lounge and made a beeline right to me. Crouching behind the chair where I was sitting, she reached into the back of my pants to check and see if I was wearing panties. She couldn't look at them without the guy seeing, but she could feel them and knew I wasn't in boxers. You have on your panties today, she whispered. Good girl. I'm not a girl, I snapped a bit too loudly. I definitely didn't want Dwayne and Bill in on this conversation. Not yet, anyway, she teased. Just keep wearing what we tell you and you won't have any trouble. Even if I don't want to wear what you're telling me to wear? Especially then, princess. With that, she got up and walked away. I tried to focus on the television show, but I was too agitated. I soon decided to go back to my room. Between the lounge and my room were the dorm mailboxes, and I hadn't checked my mail today. There was rarely anything important in there, and I quickly developed a bad habit of letting the mail accumulate. I had just opened the box when I felt another feminine hand reach into my pants to see if I was wearing panties. Oh, the pink ones with the red cherries. Those are my favorite. Twisting around in a fury, I snapped. You almost got in big trouble with my dad. Really? She asked, more amused and frightened. Yeah, he said he wouldn't have cared if I spent 50 or $60 on a girl, but you got greedy and went over 200 at Victoria's Secret. He was pissed. So he wouldn't mind you spending 50 or $60 on women's clothing. That's good to know. No... He didn't mean that, I protested. We'll be talking soon. We can buy you a lot for $60. No. See you around, sissy. 
no matter how bad things might appear, I was beginning to realize that my mouth had an amazing ability to make things much worse. The next day, I was sitting in class, twisting in my seat, trying to get comfortable. I had been working my way through the panties that were the most like my own boxers and was running out of comfortable ones. The pair that I had on now was basically butt floss and my male parts did not fit in the front at all. Twice when I adjusted how I was sitting, I managed to rack myself, making matters worse. Wendy was in my class with me and she kept giggling as she watched my frustrating efforts to get comfortable. I was determined to find a time when there wouldn't be a lot of people in the laundry room that weekend so that I could wash more comfortable panties and get out of the thongs and g-strings. I had already made plans with Dwayne and Bill for that night, but Saturday would be laundry day. Bill, Dwayne, and I were going out to a college bar that night. It wasn't anything terribly exciting, and we didn't even know if we'd get served, but it was normalcy. And that is what I felt like I needed at that point in my college career. Unfortunately, the girls had other plans. My phone rang just before 6. Hey, Kylie, come up to Deanna's room. We have plans for you, said Amanda's cruel voice. I have plans for tonight. Really? Are you going out with friends? Something like that. We'll find out what color dress they want you to wear out tonight first. You can't. Really? You think so? Please, Amanda, don't do this. I'll tell you what, she said coldly. We'll have you out of here by 8.30. Nothing gets happening on Friday until after 10. Fine, I'll be right there. Excellent, princess. Don't be late. I called Dwayne and Bill and told them I'd meet them at the bar. I didn't know what the girls intended, but I was worried that I really would wind up in a dress or something. I went up to Deanna's room, which was up on the third floor. After I knocked, she greeted me and gestured for me to enter. What's going on? I asked. Well, aren't you little Miss Impatient? said Deanna. We ran you a bubble bath, said Amanda. Go in the bathroom and shave your legs, underarm, chest, and arms. No way, I said. I can't. I'm afraid this is the next step, princess, said Wendy. I can't. That's too much. It's either that or we tie you down and shave you that way. But I can't promise we won't cut you, warned Amanda. This is much better, said Karen. You'll find the bubble bath so relaxing. Why are you doing this to me? Because we can and it's fun, said Amanda. Now, are you going to do as you're told, or do we need to do this the tough way? I'll do it myself, I said. Well, get in there while the water is still warm, ordered Amanda. She wasn't exaggerating about the bubble bath. The tub looked like it was completely full of bubbles. 
I think I had been six the last time I took a bubble bath. One thing for sure, the bubble bath I used as a kid wasn't from Victoria's Secret, and it didn't smell so fruity. I knew this wasn't going to be easy. I had been a late bloomer in high school. I would look around the locker room and notice that everybody had more body hair than I did. When I finally sprouted some chest hair when I was a senior, it was the moment of pride that I showed I was finally a man. I still wasn't very hairy, but whatever I had would soon be coming off. I climbed into the bath, thankful that the water was still warm, and just laid back, sinking into the bubbles. I was somewhere else, floating, somewhere relaxing. I spent about ten minutes just relaxing before I found the pink daisy razor and shaving cream that had obviously been left for me. I lathered up my leg and brought the razor up from my instep to my waist. I was distraught at having to shave my body hair like this. I knew it wasn't permanent, though, and I figured it would grow back a lot faster than I could fix the mess if Amanda and her friends were to send out those pictures to my friends and family. I had never shaved my legs before, and I did get a few nicks. As more and more hair was removed, strip after strip, I couldn't help but think that those looked like women's legs sticking out of the bath. How's it going in there? called Deanna from the other side of the doorway. Just peachy, I pouted. Aw, a peach without fuzz. Listen, when you're done, wrap yourself in a towel and come out. Why can't I just put my clothes back on? We need to check your work, silly. Things were going from bad to worst, but at least my chest and arms were easier than legs. I managed to give myself razor burns under my left arm, but the top half of my body had been much easier than the bottom half. I pulled the plug from the drain and soberly watched all the boy hair that had taken me so long to grow flow down the drain and into the sewers. Climbing from the tub, I couldn't help but stare at my now hairless body. It looked so young and feminine. I hadn't had body hair all that long, but I was only now realizing just what a difference it made. I grabbed one of Deanna's towels. Just my luck, despite her not being a real girly girl, she had pink towels. I wrapped it around my waist and walked out into the dorm room to meet my fate. No sooner than I emerged, I heard Amanda whistling. Looking sexy. Hold on a second, said Wendy harshly. What the hell is that? What? Why are you wearing your towel around your waist and flashing your little titties at everybody like a cheap slut? Said Wendy. I see what you mean, agreed Deanna. Come on, it's a towel, I said defensively. Yes, it's a towel. And you will wear it properly, said Wendy. Pulling off my towels, the girls all checked my hairless, naked form. I could see both Deanna and Karen giggling. Wendy redid the towel up around my chest, and though I had now turned bright red with blushing, Amanda agreed that this was much better. The girls began to inspect my handiwork, which mostly consisted of running their fingers up my legs and arms. 
So smooth and pretty, cooed Karen. Uh-oh, she missed a few spots on the back of her legs, said Amanda. Oh, come on, I protested. Relax, princess, said Amanda. You're not in trouble. You did pretty well. You did pretty well for your first time, actually. We just need to take care of it. I'll go get a razor and the shaving cream, said Deanna. You smell amazing, said Karen. When they were done touching me up, they had me sit on the edge of the bed and Amanda painted my toes fire engine red. I felt so stupid for having thrown out the makeup wipes and nail polish remover that I had used to clean myself up after the first night. I felt so stupid for having thrown out the makeup wipes and the nail polish remover that I had used to clean myself up after the first night. I should have known damn well that I'd need it again. Amanda did a very thorough job on my toes, putting two coats of red polish on before finishing it off with some kind of sealer that made the color seem to pop even more. That's so pretty, said Karen. Don't you have something to say? asked Wendy. I paused for a few moments trying to figure out what I was supposed to say before I settled on gratitude. Thanks for painting my toes, Amanda. You're welcome, princess. Really, just seeing the look on your face is thanks enough. Wow, I love that reading. That was like Amanda's favorite expression. Oh, just the look on your face is thanks enough. Which, obviously, the look on my face, you know, if looks can kill. Um, so that's it for this week's podcast episode. Uh, I believe we have Faith O'Shea back next week with another one of Pamela Harlow's stories. I hope you're enjoying both Faith and Shayla. I think they're amazing. And we have other women who are recording audios even as I speak. So there's going to be even more voices coming to this podcast. I would really love to hear from some of you. What am I doing right? What am I doing wrong? Was that interview today too long? I really enjoyed it. I love talking with Shayla. Uh, she busted me a little bit there, too, about me calling. Um, and I, um, I want to know, like, do you want me talking? Do you want me to just shut up and play the audio? Um, let me know, because I... I I'm kind of flying blind here. I'm going by what I think works, and maybe it does for you, maybe it doesn't. I would love to hear, because I'm. our listenership keeps growing. We're, we're in the range of about 1,500 people listening to every one of these podcasts. And now the question is, how do we make this the best possible podcast for you to listen to, for you to enjoy? So let me know. In the meantime... Have a great week. Um, as I said before, we'll be back next Monday and with Faith O'Shea. And uh, I hope to keep the sissy hits coming. Take care.